0: Well, in the 1950s and the 60s, the, the heyday, some would say, of, of organized religion in the United States, there, there was a pattern that almost everyone followed, or, or at least appeared to follow. We woke up on Sunday morning, we, we got into our dress clothes, we went to Sunday school, we went to worship, and we topped it off with a hearty lunch. And if you were then new to a town, you, you would quickly find a respectable church. I'm not sure what a respectable church is. Probably not this one. <laughs> You'd find a respectable church, and, and sometime in the first few months, then you would, you would go to a new member class, and, and there they made sure that you understood what these Methodists or Catholics or Baptists or Presbyterians believed. And at the end of the class, you confess that you believe that thing too. And, and in the meantime, you tacitly or intentionally learned to behave like they behaved. Perhaps you learned that people wear this, but they don't wear that. And they stand at this time and they sit at this time. And they appreciate this kind of music, but definitely don't appreciate that kind of music. They conduct themselves in this way, but we don't do this, and, and so forth, and so forth, and so forth. And then finally, you join the church. You become a member, and at that point, you officially belong. It was believe, behave, belong. That was, that was the pattern, and it was a wonderfully effective method for accepting and integrating new people into a believing community. Believe, behave, belong. But if we look at the ministry of Jesus, the curious thing is that Jesus didn't work that way. When Jesus showed up on the scene in the first century, he flip-flopped that faith, hence the title of our new series for Easter. He flipped-flopped the faith. When you look at how Jesus worked, how he transformed confused and and sometimes dubious people into disciples, you see that Jesus didn't follow this old methodology. He flipped it and introduced this flip-flop faith and, and just look at how the disciples responded. They didn't quite know everything, and yet they belonged. So many times we look in the gospel readings, this Lenten season, Grace Community, we read through the book of Mark together, culminating today with our final reading, and the disciples didn't always get it right, but they still belonged to Jesus. They still belonged to his group. And look at how the disciples and and Mary responded to the idea of Jesus' resurrection this first Easter. Easter. These were people who spent years with Christ. Jesus had spoken to them numerous times about his death and his resurrection. He had made analogies. He looked them straight in the eye and he warned them of what was to come. And they had even seen firsthand people raised from the dead and yet they didn't know what to do. They were still confused. That brings us to our scripture for today. This is Our final reading in the Gospel of Mark, it's Mark chapter 16, beginning in verse 1 through 8. Now, if you have looked at your readings, we're not going to get in this today, but you're also going to see several other parts of Mark 16. There's two other endings. It's not a choose-your-own-adventure book, but um, it's not for this sermon. We'll cover cover that scholarly stuff another time, but we're going to focus on what is thought to be, by most scholars, the the traditional ending of the book of Mark. Hear the word of the Lord. When the Sabbath was over, Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James and Salome, bought spices so that they could go and anoint Jesus' dead body. Very early on the first day of the week, just after the sunrise, they came to the tomb They were saying to each other, who's going to roll the stone away from the entrance for us? When they looked up, they saw that the stone had been rolled away, and it was a very large stone. Going into the tomb, they saw a young man in a white robe seated in the right side, and they were startled. But then he said to them, don't be alarmed, you are looking for Jesus of Nazareth, and he was crucified, and he has been raised. He isn't here. Look, here's the place where they laid him. Go tell his disciples, especially Peter, go tell his disciples that he is going ahead of them into Galilee, and you will see him there just as he told you. And we would expect them to say that Mary and Mary and Salome ran off and told the disciples the good news, especially Peter, and everybody lived happily ever after. But what it says in the book of Mark, this last line, overcome with terror and dread, they fled from the tomb and they said nothing to anyone because they were afraid. So this angel in Mark's Gospel says, go and tell the disciples, especially Peter. You remember Peter. Peter's the, the one who was always out in front, never quite getting it right. Just a few days before Peter uh, was defying Jesus, saying, do not while you cannot wash my feet. I should be washing your feet. And, and after Jesus' arrest, he, was, he had pulled his knife and cut off the ear of one of the servants. And then when Jesus was taken into custody, Peter denied him three times. But yet, this angel says, go tell his disciples, especially Peter. I find it interesting that he says, especially Peter. He wanted Peter to know this news, especially. And even though Peter didn't have it all quite worked out in what he believed, yet this passage tells him. Go tell Peter. Peter, that gregorious, outspoken disciple who didn't get it right, he was having a special messenger come to him. But, overcome with terror and dread, they fled from the tomb, and they said nothing to nobody. Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James, Salome, these three women who had been with Jesus for years and followed him as closely as anybody had followed him, The very people who were in the most know, those people who had the insider knowledge of what was going on didn't really know what was going on. They weren't even close to having it all figured out. You know, these women who should have had their beliefs nailed down and and should have been displaying behavior showing their steadfast love and faith weren't sure this was the real thing. And they didn't know how to behave. They didn't go and tell the disciples or Peter. They were too confused and afraid. And it has nothing to do that it was these three women who were these devoted disciples. I think you could have sent James, John, and Peter, the beloved three, and they would have had exactly the same response. The disciples as a whole, those closest to him and the disciples around the edge, really didn't have a grasp on what was transpiring. So overcome with fear, they did nothing. You know, today I I realize that uh, some of you are under the influence of drugs. You were drugged here by your spouse (laughs) or your mama. And... uh, unwillingly to make someone happy perhaps or maybe the nudging of the spirit has brought you here and you know and i want you to know that if you're sitting here this easter morning and and you're not exactly sure how you're supposed to behave or not exactly sure what you believe then listen closely friends you're in the right place you're in the right place it's okay to not be sure what you believe. And it's okay to not be sure exactly what you're supposed to do and how we're supposed to behave. Because we're a church that is practicing this flip-flop model where you can come and you can belong. And as you're belonging, as you're connecting with one another, as you're connecting with God, we all together learn how Jesus would like us to behave collectively in a community and we're also learning what we believe and we're wrestling to determine what we believe and that's okay and that's part of the beauty of this community we belong we behave and then we believe maybe but we can't stop an easter message at the end of mark because it's kind of depressing you know uh Let's look over to a new gospel, a different gospel, gospel of John, the apostle, on uh, chapter 20, verse 11. He has a little different take. And speaking of wrestling, just so you don't... It's a little different take, and it's okay. It's a different person's viewpoint. So some things are going to be a little different from Mark, okay? Are you guys cool with that? Okay, Let's not get hung up on the differences. Here are the words from Mark, or from John. Mary stood outside near the tomb crying, and and as she cried, she bent down to look into the tomb. And she saw two angels dressed in white, seated where the body of Jesus had been, one at the head and one at the foot. And the angels asked her, Woman, why are you crying? She replied, They've taken away my Lord, and I don't know where they've put him. And as soon as she said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there. But she didn't know it was Jesus. Jesus said to her, Woman, why are you crying? Who are you looking for? And thinking that he was the gardener, she replied, Sir, if you've carried him away, tell me where you've put him and I will go get him. And then Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned and, and looked at him and, and, and said to him in Aramaic, Rabboni, which means teacher. Belong, behave, believe. And Jesus, in, in that one word, in the speaking Mary's name, in that one word, Jesus was communicating with Mary, you're in the right place. You belong to me. If I'm completely honest with you, I don't know that I completely understand the resurrection. I don't know that I will ever completely understand the resurrection. I think I don't know that anybody will, really. I think it's one of God's mysteries that until we see Jesus face to face, that we won't have a full comprehension of really what is happening. But Jesus, in this experience with Mary, is saying, first, before you behave and believe, you belong. First, God says, know that I know who you are. I know your name is Mary. And Mary, it's me, Jesus. You see, Mary, Mary had experienced Jesus while she was still a young woman. In both Luke and Mark's accounts, she met Jesus very early in her ministry. And she was a hot mess. The story goes that Jesus cast seven demons from her. And I tell you what, I would imagine you don't forget that happening to you very quickly. But now, maybe she just doesn't recognize Jesus because there's been some time between her, her dramatic experience of knowing Jesus as one who needed to be transformed so desperately Or maybe she's grown used to listening to this teacher and and trying so hard to believe, working so hard to behave like a respectable woman, the respectable woman that she badly wants to be. And she somehow doesn't recognize this Jesus. And then Jesus, the gardener, Jesus says her name. He says, "In the four letters of her name, says you belong. You are known. You have a purpose, and you are loved. And that's a great place to start. And as we're we're coming to Jesus and we're learning about Jesus." We just keep coming back to this place to worship and to learn and to connect. We watch and see what's happening. We listen to what's going on. We ask questions and we wrestle together with our faith. And it's okay to wrestle with our faith. It's okay that we don't have everything all worked out. In fact, I'll tell you just blatantly honestly, if you're looking for a church and if you're looking for a pastor who has everything worked out and has all the answers for you, then this church is probably not for you. Just being real honest, that's not who I am. Here's what I believe about faith. I believe that faith is not the absence of doubts and questions. Faith is the daily decision to follow Jesus in spite of our doubts and questions. It's okay to have doubts and questions. It's okay to wrestle with the Scriptures. It's okay to wrestle with our faith, especially when it doesn't seem to make sense. And this is that kind of place. So if you're worried about, I don't know, I don't believe everything, or I don't understand how everything's supposed to behave, and I don't know what this faith thing's about, it's okay to ask those questions. It's okay to have those doubts. This is a safe place. But Jesus is saying to us all, you belong, you are known, you have a purpose and you are loved but we look on the outside in our world you know even in our own local community of hillsborough county in the bay area the reality of our world today is that everyone does not know or feel like they belong there's a there's an epidemic in our world that's so prevalent, and there's violence and abuse and poor home lives and, and bullying and feeling left out and people who have no friends or feel like they have no friends. And so many people in our world, so many people in our community feel completely and utterly alone, even when they're surrounded by masses of people. It's epidemic, and we see the results of this on the news each and every day. But just as Jesus spoke the name of Mary, just as he spoke her name, he speaks each and every one of our names too. He says, you belong. You are known. You have a purpose and you are loved. Jesus came to earth and, and lived a human life to show us this to show us that we belong, we are known, we have a purpose, and we are loved. He demonstrated that in his life, in his teaching, in his miracles, in his friendships, in his healing. And those friends and those people that he healed, those are people that he shouldn't have been hanging around with. Those were the people on the outside, the outcasts, the people on the edges of society that most of society forgot about. But Jesus made friends with them. Jesus healed them. And then he demonstrated this love in his death and resurrection. You belong. You are known. You have a purpose. You are loved. Can you imagine if if everyone knew they belonged to God? If they were God's child? Can you imagine if, if everyone knew they were known by God? That they had a purpose. And that they were unconditionally loved. Friends, that's what Easter is all about. That's the Easter message. And we here at Grace, uh, that's what we're striving for. We're not perfect, but that's what we're striving for. So that This place can be a place where everyone can belong. A place where together we strive to behave like Jesus. A place where together we nurture and wrestle with our beliefs. I believe grace is that place. And, and I'm not just a homer because I'm kind of new. Grace is that place where you can belong, where you can be known, where you have a purpose and you are loved. And that's the reason for Easter. Jesus calls our name. Saying you belong to me. You are known, you have a purpose, and you are loved. Amen and amen.